We're in a brand new series that we're very, very excited about called Pay It Forward. It's an old phrase that's been thrown around many ways for years, but I want to bring it into a message over these next four weeks, counting today, on four areas that God has asked us as Christians, and how many knows as believers in Christ, our life should be a little bit different. Now, let's change that. It should be a whole lot different than the people that we're hanging around throughout the week that doesn't know him, amen? And there's many opportunities that God gives us to pay things forward, because how many knows that to much whom is given much, much is required, and how many can testify today, God's been good to me? Okay, six of us. Let me ask that again. How many can testify fixed change messages? Uh, how many can testify in here God's been good to you? Come on. Amen. And uh, I know it's eight o'clock crowd. There's coffee. We'll get you up. We're going to double that coffee caffeine for eight o'clock and get you ready. But no, you're awesome. But God's been so good to us. And we're going to talk about four things. So today I want to start on topic number one on pay it forward. And I want to talk to you about this topic called forgiveness. Forgiveness. All right because it's a major issue in our society today. Every time we ask here, what are some topics, and you're gonna be getting a form again for September's. We do a series every September called You Ask For It, and you're gonna be getting a form here in the next few weeks saying what topics do you want to hear us preach on that you're living in, and, and we don't do that all year, but for that one month every year, we ask you, what are you going through? What, what topics do you feel like you would like for us to address up here as your pastor to help you scripturally overcome, and, and you'll be getting those. But every year, this is one of those topics that's at the top of the list called forgiveness, because how many's found out no matter how much you do it today, you're going to need to again tomorrow, all right? Because things keep changing. And so let's look at this. The word forgiveness means to give up resentment or right to revenge. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? that I'll forgive you when I get even. Give up the right for revenge, resentment, to grant relief from payment, to cease to feel resentment against, to totally pardon. Now, I'm not expecting a whole lot of amens in most of this message today because it's going to hit home on most of us. But the book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul addresses this. And it's in your notes, and here's what he says. Get rid of all bitterness, Rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Here it is, forgiving each other. And two words really make the context of this scripture what he's trying to say, because how many knows that's not easy? Has anyone here been hurt? Anyone here been offended? Anyone here had to forgive somebody? Anyone here still working on it? Okay, got a lot more hands on that one than any of them, all right. Okay, he comes in and he says, you gotta get rid of all this stuff because how many can look at that and say, that stuff will kill you? That'll, that'll hurt you more than it'll hurt the person you're upset with. He said, you gotta get rid of all of that stuff and then be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other, and here's the two words, just as, just as, in Christ, God forgave you. Now that's, that's not easy to swallow because now he's asking me to do something that I can't do in my own. I can only do in him. My favorite author, R.T. Kendall, loved reading his books. He said, what impresses the world the most is changed lives 
for which there is no explanation. What impresses the world the most is changed lives for which there is no explanation. Why are you willing to forgive someone that hurt you so bad when normal and and the life that's without Christ is gonna be going, we're not settled until I get even. And the thing that will impress the world the most is when God comes in and changes us and makes us more like him. You see, my struggle today in life is not to not go out and sin. My number one struggle today should be becoming more like Jesus and taking on more of his character and his person. So here's some causes for unforgiveness. I've got them in your notes, so I'm not gonna take much time. But here's some areas that the enemy uses to cause us to wrestle with this thing called unforgiveness. Number one is betrayal, and that's an act of deliberate disloyalty. Anyone had that happen in your world? Okay, and how many knows it's not easy to forgive that person, all right? Number two is false accusation. That's intentional lies to attack one's character. Anybody had to deal with that one? All right, a rejection, to dismiss, to spurn, to no longer accept, that you're no longer accepted in that sphere of influence or in that circle of someone. You've been rejected and pushed outside. Number four is abuse, and that can be mental or physical abuse, cruelty or violence, improper use of, and boy, society we see filled with that today. How about humiliation, to shame, to disgrace, to degrade or dishonor? And here's areas that that attacks come against us to bring offense that then God comes in and says, I want you to go forgive that person. How many knows that's just not easy? But in Hebrews, we see the Apostle Paul again says that's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. He he knew that that was going to be impossible for you and I to do on our own. We, we can't forgive people within our own ability that has hurt us and offended us to such a depth and such a measure. So before Christ is going to tell you, forgive as I've forgiven you, he's going to come in and say that's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself. All the pain all the testing, and would be able to help where help is needed. God will never ask you to forgive to a measure greater than he hasn't already forgiven you. And he came and he he suffered all of the offenses that I listed above and more. He suffered himself so that when he went before God to become the high priest that would take the atonement of the sin of the world upon himself, he could go, I get it. I understand. I I know what it feels like to be rejected. I know what it feels like to be abused. I know what it feels like to be humiliated and hung naked on a cross in front. I know. Now go forgive as I've forgiven you. You can do this. You can do this because I've already done it for you, because you're the one who rejected me. You're the one who abused me. You're the one who humiliated me. It was your sins that I bore on my body on the cross, and I forgave you. Now, as I've forgiven you, go forgive. Now, I say it's going to be quiet in here, and see, there's the proof, because this is a tough message, but that's why it's so valuable to pay it forward, 
Let's go be different than the world. The world is seeking revenge. The world is seeking payment. The world is seeking debt. The world is seeking something from you when God's telling us as believers, go pay it forward. Go give rather than looking to receive. And here's some things that forgiveness is not, and most have an issue with forgiveness because they've misunderstood what it is. And before I tell you what it is, I wanna tell you what it's not. Get your notes out and get ready. Number one, forgiveness is not approval of what they did. It's not approval of what they did. God never approved mine and your sins, did he? He never approved our offenses toward him but yet he forgave us because forgiving those who have offended us is not saying it's okay, it's saying I'm letting it go. You no longer control or own me. And so when you forgive, you're not making approval and that's where many people misunderstand that. Well, if I forgive them, I approve what they, no, that's not what it is. Jesus never approved our sin, yet he forgave us. Number two, forgiveness is not excusing what they did. It's not excusing it. It's not saying it's okay. God did not excuse our offense. He released us from the penalty and the debt that we owed, which allowed us the opportunity to experience the healing that we so desperately needed. That God never excused our sin. When he forgave us of our sin, he did not excuse us. And I want you to get this. Because when he excused us, he did not excuse the sin, he excused us from the debt that our trespasses against him had created. Why? So that we could now be available to find that healing that we so desperately needed in our life. And can I tell you, the people that have offended you are in a place in a need of great healing. Or they would have never had the ability to hurt someone to the degree that they hurt you. And when I forgive them, I'm not excusing what they did to me. I'm relieving them of the debt that they owed me as Christ relieved me of the debt that I owed him so that I could be healed. I'm relieving them of that debt. I'm pardoning them of that debt so that prayerfully and hopefully they can find the healing that they so desperately need in their life. Come on, you with me? Number three. Forgiveness is not justifying what they did. Justify means to make right or just, to show to be right or reasonable. It is impossible to justify evil. It is impossible to justify abuse. It's impossible to justify those offenses. Forgiveness is never justifying what was done wrong to you. It's never saying it was okay. And many of us have this false impression that if I say you're forgiven, that I'm saying what you did to me is okay, it was justified. And this really happens in marital relationships. Well, I, I must have done something to have deserved that. And in saying that, you're justifying their actions to have been okay because they were justified. There was a reason for them doing it or it wouldn't have happened and you were the cause of that. And so forgiveness is not justifying. It's not saying it was okay. Number four, forgiveness is not pardoning what they did. You need to get this one, okay? Forgiveness does not mean to release an offender from a habitual lifestyle of, of offense. It's not pardoning. It's not saying we're gonna continue this on. If someone commits a crime, you can forgive them, but they're still gonna serve and pay the penalty of what they did. 
Forgiveness is not releasing someone from legal responsibility for actions that they have performed. We've got to come and realize that I forgive you, I release you of the debt that you owe me, but it may not release them from the debt they owe society. Are you with me today? All right? Because we have this conflict and we go, that can't happen. I don't want that. No, I, that's not what it means. And we have this issue of forgiveness. And so but here's the reason. Jesus said, until you forgive, until you forgive as I've forgiven you, all of these issues up here that's going to destroy you on the inside still going to be taking place in your life. And you're going to come to church and sing all the right songs. You're going to go home miserable. Good preaching, preacher. I knew it was going to be quiet, but I never dreamed this quiet, okay? All right? Are you with me today? I must be preaching the right message. And so you got to come and realize today that it doesn't mean that. Number five, it doesn't always mean total reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not always the same thing. Because forgiveness only requires one party. Reconciliation requires equal action from two parties. And I can forgive you of the debt that you've owed me or the debt that you've caused to me, but that doesn't mean full reconciliation is going to take place because it requires equal activity from both parties. And many times we feel like, well, if I, if I forgive, then that means i got to go back into this marriage where he's going to beat me and he's going to... No, that's not what it's saying. You got to realize that, that forgiveness does not always mean complete and total reconciliation. You may forgive that person for what they did to you. That doesn't mean you're going to go out to lunch with them every day this week. Number six, forgiveness is not denying what they did to you. It's not denying. It's not saying that it didn't happen. Sometimes the reality of your offense is so painful that denial appears to be the safest way of dealing with it. That many of you, and I understand as a 12-year-old boy, what it's like to deny and just try to push this under a carpet or a rug over here and go, it wasn't that bad. I'm an adult now. I can deal with it. And it'll deal with you. And you've got to come and realize that forgiveness is not denying that something did not happen. It's not hiding it or trying to learn to cope with it. It's getting healed from it. Number seven, forgiveness is not forgetting. How many sick and tired of hearing that? Ah, oh, forgive and forget. Try it. Just try that one. You will wear yourself out because you can't. Because there's a computer inside these ears up here that doesn't forget anything. And then there's a heart that remembers everything, the hurtful things in life. The heart can forget the blessings, but it never forgets the pain. And you've got to come and realize today that forgiving is not forgetting. Grace is shown in greater measure when we acknowledge the offense, and yet we choose to forgive. Did you get that one? Grace is not for, forgiveness is not forgetting. But true forgiveness and the measure of God's grace in our life is not shown by forgetting it's found when we truly acknowledge and remember and know the offense that came against us, yet we choose to forgive like Christ has forgiven us. That's what makes it different. The Bible says in Hebrews 8.12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will what? 
remember no more. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. What's he saying there? He, he's coming in and he's going, I, I didn't forget. I, I, I know what they did. I know exactly what you did. I know exactly what you did against me, God is saying. I, I see that, but I'm not going to remember that anymore. I'm forgetting. How many is glad God's not sitting up there today going, I know they asked me to forgive them, but I got this still. Just in case. Missed two Sundays. I got this. Didn't pray like you should this week. I still got the list. Come on. How many is glad he doesn't remember that against you anymore? And that's what he's saying. Forgive as I have forgiven you. That you can always pull the, how many knows you can still pull the list up of everything somebody's done against you if you want to? Come on, anybody with me? And that person maybe right now, you already, some of you right now already got somebody in front of you going, mm, this ain't gonna be that easy. I don't even like this sermon right now. Of all the topics for him to pick, he had to start with this one. I get it. Because I, when I preach, I preach out of where I'm at. And, and I know your preachers all, you know, our lives are all perfect, right? And, and there's some people that I've had to work through forgiven. They've hurt me deeply. And you got to come and realize today that God's saying, I did it. If I did it, I did it for you. And if I did it for you, I'm just asking you to go do for somebody else what's already been done for you. Number eight, forgiveness is not refusing to take the offense seriously. It's not refusing to take the offense seriously. We will never see the need of forgiveness until we see the seriousness of the offense. And I hear this often in counseling. Ah, I know, but they didn't really mean it. And it wasn't them. It wasn't that bad. Then why are you here? Why are you here seeking counseling if it wasn't that bad? They wouldn't have done that if they knew how bad it was going to hurt me. Yeah, they would. And you cannot come and refuse to take the offense seriously. Number nine, you can't, forgiveness is not pretending that we're not hurt. Forgiveness is not acting like nothing happened or pretending that you're not hurt. Forgiveness is releasing yourself from your offender and allowing God's spirit to flow freely as a means of providing healing and restoration of all things in your life. And so as we look at this, we've got to come and understand Jesus acknowledged his pain when struck by the high priest. He didn't ignore it. He acknowledged it when he turned and said, why did you strike? Why did you hit me like that? Jesus felt it. He didn't ignore it. He didn't act like it didn't happen. Even Jesus, when struck, he turned and said, why did you do that? What was the cause of that? And then he comes in and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So some things that forgiveness is not. Now, very quickly, I want to share with you three areas. I want to talk to you about this today. How can you have peace in your heart regardless of what the other party decides to do or not to do? How do you find peace in your heart regardless of the actions or the non-actions of the person that you've got these issues with. Three steps in which you are going to hate two of them. So if you think you've been quiet now, some of you may just want to put your pen down and go, forget this. Don't do that. Because God wants to bring healing in your life. Are you with me today? They're impossible. Why are two of these you might hate? Because they're impossible for you to do with your own mind and your own heart. They can only be done through Christ alive inside of you. And that's what makes us different. 
Step out today. I want you to step out of your mind and your emotions and move into this thing called faith. God is not asking you to do this on your own effort. He's offering you his power and his help to do it. And I promise you today, if you'll take these three steps and you'll move into this thing called faith, you're gonna begin to see some supernatural things begin to take place in your life. Everybody look at me for one second. Forgiveness is more for you than it is the person you're forgiving. Because it's keeping you up at night while they're asleep. It's putting ulcers in your stomach while they're out having fun. And so let's look at it. Number one, and here's our area, you've got to accept God's forgiveness first for yourself. You'll never be able to forgive anyone else until you've first forgiven yourself. Stay with me on this today. We've prayed, we've repented, we've apologized to God, yet most in the church live a life of never feeling good enough for God's blessing and favor in their life. They're going to heaven, but they feel beat up the entire journey. That's where many and most in our churches are today. People are going to heaven, but so much. We live in an evil society. We live in a, a world today that's filled with evil and hurt and offenses and, and let down and, and all of this stuff that's going on. And then we bring our own failures and add to that. And, and we come to church and we hear a message and a song and a worship and, and God's good and he's been good to us. And yet we never feel good enough that God would really accept us who we are and as we are And as long as we feel that, we will never have the ability to forgive someone who's offended or hurt us. You see, our inability and lack of desire to forgive others is most often a sign that we have not forgiven ourselves. I need to say that again. Our inability or lack of desire to forgive others is often the number one sign that we've yet to forgive ourselves of the sins and the failures and the hurts of our own life. And so signs that, uh, that we've not forgiven ourselves. Here, here's some signs. If you go, well, have, I'm gonna answer that. Here's, they're not in your notes. You can write it down if you want. Four signs that we have yet to forgive ourselves. Number one is distance. We begin to distance ourselves from God and others. You just say, because it's a progressive pattern I'm gonna show you. That if you want to know, have I really accepted God's forgiveness in my life? Have I forgiven myself? Then you got to look and go, how close to God am I? And how close do I allow myself to still be to other people? Because when you allow distance to come into your life, you start building up number two of these things called walls. And you start walling people out. You start walling God out. You start walling the person that's hurt you out. And whenever you wall God out, you will wall people out with him. And here's the danger of that. When you start walling God out and start walling people out that have hurt you, you're gonna wall the good people out that God's put in your life to help you. And you're gonna isolate yourself and that's when bitterness and unforgiveness will destroy you. And then number three is exaggeration because when you start walling out the positive voices in your life, you start exaggerating the issue and you'll start making it bigger than what it is. All they did was walk by you and didn't say hi. Now you've already got them trying to destroy your marriage. They didn't pay you what they owed you and now you've got them a crook and a fraud. You with me? 
And, and all of a sudden, we start exaggerating our pain and we start exaggerating their offense because you've walled everybody out and isolated you and all those things in that scripture, that anger, that rage, all of that stuff is just developing and growing inside of you. And then all of a sudden, hostility takes over. And then we find you on Facebook. <laughs> Evil, wicked, witch, dot, 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 and all of a sudden you become hostile. And when you start seeing these things happening in your life, you need to go back to an altar and sit down and go, I need some healing first. Because the issue right now is not them. It's me. I haven't forgiven myself. I haven't accepted your forgiveness in my own life. Come on, you with me today? And so the first step in forgiveness is that you accept God's forgiveness in your own life. In 1 Timothy, and I've got to hurry here, here, look at the scripture, man. I love this scripture. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor, there was Saul now writing as Paul who used to be in charge of the stoning and putting to death of Christians. Paul said, I, I was that guy and I was a violent man, very violent. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. But then he says, the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. Highlight that word in your notes, abundantly. The grace, there's some key words. The grace of the Lord was shown to me abundantly along with, highlight this word, faith and love. That I had this enormity of God's grace. I had this enormity of God's love and faith poured out on me that are in Christ. Jesus, not in yourself, not in your ability, but I had grace, I had faith, I had the love that's found in Christ poured out abundantly in me. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Yet the Saul, the persecutor, became Paul, the preacher, because he accepted the forgiveness that Jesus had made available in his life. The prophet Isaiah said it in chapter 1, verse 18, come now, and put it in southern language, come on, y'all. Come on, man, come on, get out of it, snap out of that. Come on, y'all. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. They're the red like crimson. I'll make them white as wool if you will only obey me. I want to forgive you, he says. You see, everything you have done or will do has been paid for already by the blood of Jesus that we sang about this morning. I didn't get one amen or hallelujah or thing. I said, everything you have done or everything you will do has already been paid for by the blood of Jesus that's been shed on Calvary. He's already taken care of that. I mean, he's thankful for that. The apostle Paul prayed it in Ephesians. Oh, I wish you could just grasp. That's what he says. Oh, I wish that you could just grasp the enormity, the width, the height, the depth, the breadth of God's love. Oh, I wish you could just grab how much God really loves you. No matter where you've been, he's there. No matter how deep you go, he's there. No matter how high you go in your sin, he's there. No matter where you go, God's love is there, and he loves you. You gotta accept God's forgiveness. Number two, then you must freely give forgiveness. 
You must freely give forgiveness. Matthew 10, 8, freely you have received, freely give. God is saying, I didn't make you earn it. Some of you need to write this down. God's saying, I didn't make you earn it, so stop trying to make others earn it also. Well, when you do this, I'll know that you're sorry. Well, when you give this back to me, I know that you've paid. When you, God's saying, I didn't make you do anything to receive your forgiveness, so stop putting demands on others to get theirs. Because remember what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is me just releasing that offender from my heart. There's still issues that'll be dealt with, legal issues, whatever. That'll, I'm not ignoring, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I'm releasing you so that I can release myself from you. So that I can receive the healing I need in my life and so that you can have the ability to get it in yours too. You with me? You see, God settled our offense before he even asked us to repent. You will never have to forgive anyone more than God has already forgiven you. Stop spending your time, and oh, if you don't get anything out of this message, please get this. Stop spending your time and emotions on issues that you have no control over. And invest your time and emotions in areas that you have total control over. And I have no control over the other people around me that are hurting or offending me or have offended. I have no control over what they do say, but I have all control over what I'm doing with my life. So stop putting your emotions, your time, and your energy in things that you have no control over and start investing it in what you do. That was worth coming to church for right there. All right? Here's what I love. The forgiven, forgive. The forgiven, forgive. Apostle Paul says, for Christ's love compels us. Get the scripture, watch this. Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, get this, and therefore all died. Watch. And he died for all that those who live, that's us, right? He died for all so that we might live, should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died and for them who was raised again. God's saying, when, when I died for you, I died so you could live for me. And when I forgave you, I forgave you so that you could represent me. Watch this. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Powerful, powerful message. Watch this. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. What he gave us, he died for us so that we might live for him He's now asking us to do for others so we are the representation of Christ on this earth. That's what makes us different than them is Christ alive inside of us. We can now do what they can't do because they don't have Christ in them and you can't do this without him. This is what makes us different. Come on, y'all with me? We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. 
We are God's example to the world. An ambassador is a representative of a higher power. And that's what Christ is saying. I'm going to let you have the faith, the grace, and the love of Christ alive in you that you're going to go be able to forgive people that others can't because they don't have me in them. They haven't experienced the forgiveness that you've experienced. They don't know what I've done in your life. They don't know the freedom that I've brought into your heart and your spirit that you don't have to wake up in the nightmares and the horror of the past, but you get to live out your present and your future and my plans for your life. And all I'm asking you to do now is go do for others what I've already done for you. More for your sake than for theirs. Forgiveness is not what you say with your mouth. It's how you treat the other person from now on. Watch this quick video and I gotta close. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So let me argue against myself and tell you that whatever Christianity is, it is bearing with people. It is trying your best to forgive. It is going further than street people. Street people say, I'm through with you, don't ever speak to me again. But kingdom people say, no, I really should be through with you, but I'm going to try. You dogged me last week, but I'm going to try. I'm going to call you back. You keep hurt. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. This is why I'm, I'm amazed at people who want to quit our church or quit ministry. Pastor, what happened? Where you been, baby? Well, I came up to you one Sunday, and you kind of half hugged me, Pastor, and I was going through a lot. Now, you don't know that the day you hugged me, Lady Brennan had just called me and told me something crazy one of my kids did. You don't know one of the campus pastors just called me and said the lights had went out during the sermon so the people didn't get the words. You don't know that maybe me and her going through some stuff and so you happen to catch me at a bad time. I got a question for you. Did you think you joined heaven or the church? Please. People kill me. I'm through with the word church. They didn't call me back. Well, your man didn't either. You still sleeping with him. Y'all don't have the church with me. How can you forgive dirty people and not forgive the church because we dropped it? I'm sorry we hurt your feelings. I'm sorry Lady Vernon missed you. I'm sorry the elder walked past you. I'm sorry one of the ushers dogged you. I'm sorry the leader was a trip. They are human beings, not angels. And what I want us to be is a forgiving church. You don't know if it's that time of the month for her. You don't know if her husband slapped her this morning. You don't know what that brother dealing with. You don't know what his wife just said. So because he's not his best today, give the brother some room the way God gave you some room and forgive. We're going to take two offerings today, one for me and one for him, all right? I'm going to wrap up here. Here's number three. Are y'all getting this today? This is a message that I just need to move through and let you take it home and chew it up. Here's number three, and here's our theme. Pay it forward. Forgive first. Pay it forward. Forgive first. Don't wait. Don't pray. Don't spend your time praying. God, send them to me and let them apologize. Don't be praying, God, let them go. No, you go first. You pay it for because Christ has already forgiven us first. And I want to challenge you today, someone in your church, someone in your job, someone in your family, someone in your past, you're still that nagging offense that's just not been able to be destroyed and broken. Today, I want you to go first. They may not be reachable. You may not be able to contact. You may not even know where they are. I'm talking about you, for, you releasing in your heart. 
you letting that thing go and no longer controlling you. Paul said, but God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were cursing him, denying him, rejecting him, he died a brutal death. Why? Why did he do that? So he could forgive us. So he could go first. Here's what I want you to see in closing. Jesus paid the price for our forgiveness before we said, I'm sorry. Did you get that? Jesus didn't get to the cross and go, wait, wait, wait a minute, Father. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. I need to know how many is going to receive this before I go this far. I need a lick. I need a. I need a registration out there. I need to get the iPad out and get. I need to know enough people are going to say I'm sorry before I go all the way through this. I mean, he's glad he didn't do that. He paid the ultimate, complete price before one person said I'm sorry. He paid the total price. God's saying, go pay it forward. You go first. You be that Christ. You be that. You be that example. As I've forgiven you. Go forgive. Not only are you going to free others into a place that I can now bring healing in their life, but you just open the door so I can heal you completely and you will understand what life abundantly is all about. In Jesus' name. Father, today I pray that you'll let your word saturate our hearts. Let your word come and speak in our spirit today a word of hope, a true life of forgiveness. That God, not only will we receive it first, but then we're going to go pay it forward. We're going to give forgiveness, God, as you have given forgiveness to us. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed across this building, how many in this room right now would say, man, got this one, Pastor. Yep, it wasn't all good. It wasn't all fun, but boy, I needed this one today. Here's an area that I, I need to walk through, and today God's opened my eyes, and you know what, Pastor? I'm going to go first. I'm going to pay it forward. And there's, I already know, when you were preaching, I knew what God was speaking to me about today. And today I'm going to receive this word today and I'm going to go pay it forward in Jesus' name. How many raise your hand and say, that's me? Right now, you can put your hand down and go, how many right now you'd say, I'm, I'm that one right now that needs to make that decision with God. I, I, need to, I need to pray right now and I need God's forgiveness. I have not received God's forgiveness in my life. Though I know, I've known it's there, I've yet to really receive it. And let myself be forgiven of my past and of my wrongs. But today, I want to receive his forgiveness in my life. If that's you, would you just slip a hand up and you can put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I realize today I, I'm not walking out forgiveness. I'm not living it. I know about it, but I haven't received it. Anyone else before I pray? Maybe on live stream, you're with us this morning. You need God's forgiveness in your life. He's here to forgive you today. Pray this prayer with me. We're going to join you. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. Father, forgive me. I receive it. Your forgiveness in my heart and in my life today. You love me. You paid the ultimate price before I even said I'm sorry. So right now, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. Receive me as your son or your daughter today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, we give God a hand clap for these that have prayed today.